This is The Scum and Sneak, fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, happy Thursday after an oopsie miss Wednesday. Yeah, you know, that's what's going to happen at playoff time. Things start to get tight. Things start to get uh, harder to deal with. Uh, People are sad and mad for not making the playoffs, but we've got to give everyone their dues. We are here to discuss matchups. Uh, and I am ready to see what these freaking Joneses are ready to pull off because it's week one of the playoffs. Week one of the playoffs. It's fun. Well, usually a fun time. I feel like we are not as involved as we like to be typically uh, across a few different leagues, but you know, ups and downs of life <laughs> and fantasy and yada, yada, yada. You all have been there. You all get it. Yada, yada. Yeah. Don't need to commiserate too much on it. Um, before we get into the show, we have a little extra time today because there's only two playoff matches we have to get into. I got, uh, I think, a fun nonsense minute question. Take a little more time on it, and maybe it'll be difficult, but uh, that's the only thing I got for today. So, all righty. Kind of common um, thing you see on like your House of Highlights or Barcelona Instagrams or on other podcasts, but Shane, we're going to draft a fantasy roster. Uh, typical football, so we'll do our positions. We'll do one quarterback, two receivers, two running back, a tight end with Christmas characters. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want to give me the first, first fill pick? I'll give you the first pick. All right. I'll take it because I've got a good one at least to start off with, I think. Obviously, in a regular fantasy draft we're not doing this but we're we're doing a round one qb we're going to fill that spot um it's very important and we're going to go with santa claus the big man himself at quarterback he's going to deliver the ball on time he's going to deliver it accurately and he's just going to be the leader of our christmas team i mean i don't think that goes i don't think there's going to be any argument with that one no that's an absolute amazing first round pick obviously took the words right out of my mouth i was gonna scoop up old saint nick if you weren't going to great pick can't go wrong usually one of those first round picks that you just have to you're just like i gotta get him i gotta i gotta figure out a way to just solidify that spot so my first round pick now i'm just i'm just not good at drafting recently you know my redraft leagues uh, are just have been horrible the last two years i've been pretty much lasted in or been last place so i'm going to just continue that trend but i'm going to pick players that i want we've talked a lot on this show about getting players that you want whether it be a trade or draft you know sometimes it just comes down to who do you want to see on your fantasy team so my number one pick my quarterback born leader not afraid of the big moments yukon cornelius from rudolph and so what position did you put him at? I'm putting him at quarterback because he's a born leader, not afraid of the big moments, uh, able to step up. He leads his pack across the snow, Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph. <laughs> I that's a hard that's a hard one to follow. I mean, I can't follow you like like you said, I took the big gun. I uh, wanted to make sure I had him not to be left with that quarterback dilemma. But that's a good answer. Uh, tough act to follow. I'm going to go 
maybe give me a little reach here, but I want, um, you know, that positional advantage yet again at tight end. Uh, we see it with Travis Kelsey this year, not really with anyone else, but I'm going to take who I think the Travis Kelsey would be in this scenario. Give me Will Ferrell, Buddy the Elf at tight end. A uh, lot of size there, reds on target, sneaky athletic. You know, you saw him with the speed in the workshop and running through New York City. So give me Buddy the Elf at tight end in round two. Great pick. He's got, he's 6'5. Uh, you know, he's probably got some magic legs there to jump high, red zone target, like you said. Great pick. Love that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go tight end here. I'm going to go receiver. Again, I'm going to follow your path. Big target down the field, and I'm going to go with Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> Get me inside the red zone. He's getting fades left and right in the corner. He's going to come up with them. He will not let me down. I like that. Tall, maybe a little skinny for the position, but we've seen some some smaller, tall guys be successful. Uh, very fitting as a wide receiver too. You know, he's going to be about that big money contract, but you know, he'll he'll mature a little bit. Uh, that's a good call. And you know what? I am going to I'm going to roll off. I'm still I'm going to use a. Uh, Christmas Carol character. I'm going to go with a, a big bruiser at running back. You know, maybe not a good PPR guy, but touchdown score. Give me the ghost of Christmas present at running back. Okay. Just, uh, un- unstoppable at the goal line, big round mound, you know, in your Jerome Bettis, uh, fat guy. We saw, we've talked about fat running backs a lot this year. Give me him. Just like, give me some plunges. I want some, touchdown consistency. I don't think there's a better touchdown threat at running back than the ghost of Christmas present. Freaking love that call. Always, always beneficial to have a ghost on your team for just (laughs) a myriad of reasons. Well, I'm going to stick receiver here because what I've learned is that running back is dead. The old guard of getting your running back sub does not work. So I am going to stick with receiver here. And this is going to be a little controversial pick. This is going to be a player that I don't like, but I've learned in fantasy that sometimes you have to draft players you don't like mm. that fit mm-hmm. the position that are probably going to be good for you to have on your team. I'm sticking with the tall. I'm sticking with the tall, fast. This guy, there might be a little magic involved here. I'm not familiar with this guy, but it's going to be Jack Skellington. Okay. Don't like. <laughs> Not a, not a fan of the movie. I don't know if I've ever even really seen it, but everyone seems to love this guy. It's a little bit of Halloween. It's a little bit of Christmas. I know the guy's tall and lanky. He's going to get me uh, lots of bombs down the field. UConn is just chucking it up. He knows his receivers are down there. Ebenezer, Jack Skellington are going to be catching many, many touchdowns from UConn. So my second receiver is Jack Skellington. What a pick. Very like a gadget guy. Like you said, multifaceted Christmas and Halloween. Too much height on the on the outside there for you guys. Uh, that's a that's a good pick. <laughs> I, always, I obviously need to go receiver here. Um, I'm behind the eight ball there. And I think I've gotta go with maybe I'm gonna go uh, kind of alternative, right? You got you got the big tall guys, contested catch radius. Give me Maybe a little more speedy of an option, more like a Tyreek Hill. I'm going to take Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh. 40-time um, I love. Also got the advantage of, you know, light if we're playing in a snow game. 
uh, nice, easy target to find, and just some speed. Let him, you know, you're more of a, you know, run the nine kind of team. I'm more of a bubble screen, uh, get you in the flat kind of, kind of guy here. So I'll take Rudolph. That's a great pick. I should have jumped. He was going to be one of, he was going to be a running back pick for me. Uh, great pick. I knew you were going to snake him out of me because I went with the, I went with one of the oddball picks in that last time. And sometimes that gets to, that bites you in the butt, but that's what the third round is for, right? Yeah, that's where I picked Kyle Pitts this year. All, the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I need two running backs and a tight end. Uh, I'm going to hope that I can still get my hands on some decent running backs uh, mm. in my last two picks. And I'm going to just go and solidify my tight end. And I think, in my opinion, kind of what you said uh, about your tight end, I'm going to say that this guy is the epitome of a tight end. Back in the day, probably when football was like first getting going, like in the early twenties or whatever it was, you know, thirties and forties, your tight end, you really didn't have receivers, right? You had running back quarterback and tight end and receiver were basically the same thing. Right. Right. Okay. So my tight end pick is George Bailey. (laughs) Now I know this is going to be a, uh, a crowd favorite with some of our listeners. A little bit. Yeah. He just reminds me of the quintessential old school tight end, you know, put a leather hat on him. He's running out there in his suit. He's going to just, he's got a lot of tight end reverses, a lot of three yard passes that somehow make it to the, the end zone. George Bailey is my tight end and he's going to give me some historical, some strong, just makes my team feel good knowing that he's there. Solid pick there. Workman, like, you know, you're not getting too much flash, but. He's going to get the job done. He's going to put in work. <laughs> Again, a tough pick to follow. I don't even know where to go with it. I think I'm going to I'm going to round up my receive room. And you took, like, again, the, the quintessential body types. Give me a, a non-traditional body type here. But I'm going to try to go with toughness and grit. Maybe like an Anquan Bolden type kind of receiver here. Okay. Um, and we're going, to go, we're going to go with Krampus. Not, Great pick. Not, I've been eyeing him. Great pick. I've been eyeing him. Not the flashiest, right? Not the best on tape, I don't think. Not the best reputation. Maybe some off-field concerns, but uh, got to be a gamer. Going to be able to get those tough yards, right? I'm talking like uh, third and two. We need to convert here. Going to go to Krampus. Maybe not the best for fantasy, but you know, maybe some PPR floor there for me. But Krampus, join the squad. You're in the receiver room. You know, I love bringing up Krampus around Christmas time. Very controversial, uh, but one of those characters that just has a lot of intangibles. So great pick. Uh, I was wondering if he was going to maybe sneak onto my team at some point, but great job. Uh, Love that pick. Now I got two running backs to fill out and I feel like I've got a lot of options for that. But once again, just to stay on uh, brand with how I've been horrible drafting recently, I am going to pick my first running back. Now I'm going to try to explain this on why I'm picking him. My first running back pick is going to be tiny Tim. (laughs) (laughs) And I want the version from Muppet Christmas Carol. I want little frog, tiny Tim with his cane because I'm playing the sympathy factor. You know, let's get, let's let him get a couple one yard (laughs) touchdowns to make him feel good because he's unfortunately going to be passing away pretty quickly. (laughs) So 
tiny Tim. I'm going to give him a couple handoffs. You guys are going to let him just sneak into the end zone. We're going to hoist him up on our shoulders before we go and have that Christmas goose. Tiny Tim is my first running back off the board. Tiny Tim just master with the dead leg. Going to be devastating in open space, probably. <laughs> oh, that I, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up. We're going to stick with, uh, the kids here, I guess. And I'm going to go with, this is like, uh, I think I'm going to go with a Christian McCaffrey type comp, kind of a do it all kind of running back here. I don't know if we've got the same athletic profile as Christian McCaffrey, but we're going Kevin McAllister from home alone. Got to. And he's just going to be out there. You know, he, he's not going to rely on straight line speed. He's going to rely on like, Oh, here comes a linebacker. Let me throw some marbles at their feet really quick. Oh, here's a uh, here's a tarantula on the safety. So no one's going to tackle him. Let's go, Kevin. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Good pick. Another classic. Another guy that you just you he's got uh, he's got a uh, he's very creative. So you know, yes. get in and out, find his spots. He's he's he doesn't get caught. You know, he gets in the open field. He's he's gone. Love that pick. Another classic. Now I got one more pick. There's so many people I could choose from, but I'm going to take it back a little bit classic here. I'm going to go with an all-time favorite running back. This is going to be my workhorse. He can run it. He can catch it. Kind of like you said, a CMC type, uh, you know, a bigger guy. Uh, he's not afraid to mix it up. Uh, he's when he's on the field, you're you kind of are afraid. You know, he's kind of a Derrick Henry. You don't want to tackle him because mm. he's so mean and that is the Grinch no what how do we let the Grinch fall to the last round he fell to the last round I scooped him up he's going to round out my team perfectly I can give him 35 carries a game and I don't I'm not afraid of the wear and tear I know he's going to be able to pull this team of mine in to at least the playoffs the Grinch is my final pick at running back what a slip up for me that's he's a workhorse running back for sure. Three down skill set. I mean, probably the strongest player in the draft. I can't, I can't believe that I let him slip that far. Let's slip. I can't believe I let him slip that far. Great call by you. Let's, let's round out the teams uh, at quarterback for scum. We got Santa Claus running back, Kevin McAllister and the ghost of Christmas president. Wide receivers are Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and Krampus. And at tight end, Buddy the Elf. Schneek's team, quarterback, all Yukon Cornelius, running backs, the Grinch, and Tiny Tim, the, the green backfield there. And then Love it. Tall, tall boys at wide receiver, Jack Skeleton and Ebenezer Scrooge. And at tight end, George Bailey. Uh, you guys have to vote on this one because uh, I think they're pretty even. I think some standouts on both sides, and I just got to know what people think. Who drafted the better fantasy or real football team? I guess that was fun. That was <laughs> so much fun. We need major impact. Please, everyone who listens to this episode, hit us in the chat. Let us know who you would draft as your football, fantasy football Christmas character list. Scum, an absolute amazing banger of a nonsense minute. Oh, that was fun. Can't wait to see what the people say, but I guess let's get back to real fantasy football and let's just do the matchups. We don't need to waste time with 
hopes and dopes anymore. We don't have to do blowouts and upsets. We're just going to talk about these two matchups. We're locked in. And the first one, let's talk about Doug versus Wade. The number six seed in Doug versus the three seed in Wade. Wade once was the number one team in the league, sitting at undefeated, looking, you know, pretty strong. Uh, I talked about last week or maybe third Tuesday. I don't even know. But both these teams are kind of limping in, dealing with different issues, whether it's injury or just guys underperforming. Uh, currently, Wade's got a 19-point advantage in the projections. I don't think uh, lineups are going to change that much. We don't really have hope. Uh, we definitely don't have hope that, like, Debo's going to come back for Doug. I don't think he's really going to mess with the whole, like, MVS Chase Claypool thing. So uh, his lineup is pretty set. Then Wade maybe can tinker in the tight end spot a little bit. You know, Schultz versus Hawkinson. Like, maybe he looks at that. I don't know. Uh, he did put in Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen, like we talked about. He does we listen. We think that's the right call. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your initial thoughts here? I don't before I like list every player on both these rosters. <laughs> <laughs> My initial thoughts is that Wade's going to get the win. Uh, you know, I've taken some time to try to see if there's a path that Doug can get a win. I think he can keep it close. I mean, a 20 point win isn't the biggest of margins of victory. There's a chance that you right. can call it close, but Doug's receivers, they there's just no way, even if he gets pedestrian d- days out of Lamb, Waddle, and Tyreek, even if he gets re- like regular receiver numbers out of them, Darius Slayton and Westbrook Akine, there's no way that they're going to be able to match even normal numbers out of those receivers. Sure, you can make a point that the running backs might be able to match, you know, even each other out. But even if Christian Kirk has a game like he has had where he gets like 11 catches for like 120 yards and maybe a touchdown, so he gets, you know, he's had those types of games where he's he's getting crazy good numbers, that's just not going to be enough. Uh, You know, Jalen Hurts is going to, in my opinion, is going to destroy – you know, Derrick Henry, if, if Doug gets 50 out of Derrick Henry, that's the, I guess it's the only way I can see this, this happening. I just, Wade's team is good. If, it's, if he gets 150 and Doug gets 130, 140, which is basically what Doug can really only get based off of this lineup, Wade wins. And I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. Wade is good. His team is good. I can't see a way that Doug gets this. The only way is every player has to go insane. And Derrick Henry, and I guess Tua is as other player on his team that has the ability to get 40 points because of, you know, if he throws five touchdowns or something, those players have to get 40 points each to make up for the deficit. So Wade wins. There's just, there's just no way around that. And I just, it's, it, that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Wade should win, and I, you know, I did skim past the fact that Doug has uh, Nick Westbrook Akina in there, so he probably should uh, think about those guys I talked about, MBS or Claypool. I mean, yeah, you're probably looking at no trail on Burks, but I mean, I don't think the Westbrook Akina is the answer to that. You know, he's no See, like what I'm thinking, what I just, what pops just in my that. head. Yeah, like what pops into my head right here is that Doug was on his way to the playoffs probably 
a good four weeks ago. Like he knew he was going to be there. Now he wasn't anticipating the Debo injury. So I guess I'm going to give him off there, but, and that's the reason why he's got Akine in there, but he's also got Slayton in there. And has that been a player that he's been playing all year? Like Doug should have, if I'm, if I was Doug, I I mean, I guess, I guess he has been playing Darius Slayton all year. Like I'm just thinking Doug is on his way to the playoffs. He knows his receivers are weak. Did he try to go get a receiver? Did he try to figure out a way to – I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it or, or beat around the bush here. Slayton and, and Akine is just – that's not going to get it done against C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams. This is not going to get it done. So you could hope you. that you're going to turn the TV on and watch these games and all of a sudden Akine is going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns, but you're pipe dreaming there, Doug. It's just – I'm. it's just – I just don't see this. This is not the receiving core that you need to, to have right now. And going to the playoffs, this is do or die. Uh, I would I would think that he would have made tried to change that, but I'll give him a break because he wasn't anticipating the Debo injury. And I I guess that just happened this last week or week before. So I you know he's a little bit off guard, I suppose. Yeah, and um, he didn't really have the asset to go big game hunting for a receiver. You know he. And to give Darius Slayton credit, I, I like I like Darius Slayton, and I'm starting him in a league too, so I'm not fun too much. But uh, since like week five or so, when they started to really phase out uh, Kenny Galladay and you know like Tony, Darius Tony and Wanda Robinson got hurt like in this stretch too, but he's been you know double digits. Darius Slayton has been in points more often than not. He's only got three games at less than. Uh, 10 points since week five. So he's usable. Now, to your point, it's not the same level of having a CD Lamb or a Tyree Hill. Uh, Jalen Waddle's been kind of down lately, but he is uh, very capable of having huge games. So I'm not going to put him like anywhere near a category of Darius Slayton. But uh, yeah, that Akine play is really the one that really hurts him. If, if that was Debo there instead of, um, Akina, I think we look at this a little differently and say, okay, he's got Debo, he's got Kirk. Christian Kirk's like a top 12 guy in total points this year. It's kind of like boom or bust, but that's fine. You know, Debo, we know, can pop up anytime. So that makes it look a little better with Slayton as a three rather than like a, a two. Um, Who are the uh, Titans playing? The Chargers. So Derek Henry's probably primed for a big game. So let's just assume that Doug wants and is going to happen Derrick Henry to get 35 carries, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. That's what that's yeah. what he needs out of Derrick Henry. Westbrook yeah. Akine is not getting anything if that happens, and he needs that Correct. to happen with Henry. So is there any other play out there to where you can say, maybe I catch 15 points out of receiver because I just I just don't see how he gets that out of out of what Akine, but maybe. I, I mean, I guess we always say this, but maybe all of a sudden Derrick Henry does do that and they still are able to have to some sort of a shootout game. And, you know, Tannehill does throw two touchdowns to Westbrook and it's, I don't know, but I just, I think you got to try to find a different route there, and, but he just doesn't have that route. There's no one on the waiver wire. There's no one on his bench. So I guess he's got to hope for a major Tennessee offensive output. Is there anyone available on the way of wire? Let's see. Uh, maybe a Kendall Hinton if he does play. I know he's been out a little bit. 
Chris Moore is probably the play, honestly, because uh, Cooks and um, what's his name? Eagle Collins, I think, are going to be out again. So that's probably the option there. But Doug doesn't listen, so he's not going to do that. But good news for him is Wade doesn't listen either, and he's not going to pick up Chris Moore as a block. So I guess we'll see what happens. But we say we say Wade advances, and he's got a matchup with Brendan in the semifinals. So early call, you know, not looking up at those playoff matchup or you know the player matchups right now. What's your gut coming out of that one? I mean, Wade, we obviously know has a shot against Brandon. It's not like it's going to be a route, but do you think? My well, my initial thought? thought on a on a matchup in the future of Brendan and Wade is that Brandon wins. All right, I think so too. But let's get there first, and then we'll see what happens. Get there first, yes. On the other side of the bracket, we've got Dayson versus Gooch. Closer spread here, only separated by uh, nine points. And this one is interesting because. Um, you know, I think both teams have, I guess, like Doug does, right? They have kind of like major, major questions on their roster, major question marks. Uh, for Dayson, it's kind of like that. What is he going to do at that wide receiver three spot? Is it Deontay Johnson? Um, why is he flexing Richie James? Like, what are we doing there? And can he get anything out of the tight end, whether it be Austin Hooper or Robert Tunyon or whoever, right? And then on Gucci's side, it's is he going to play uh, Mike White, who got banked up last week? Is he going to play Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't been that great this year? And then, you know, can he rely on A.J. Dillon, who's his current running back too? So, you know, otherwise, the, the players that they are starting on both rosters are, are good, are pretty much like locks to produce. But it's those question marks on both sides that I'm not so sure about. Yeah, I've been uh, I've basically been off Dayson all year. Now that's for the the pick situation. So looking at this matchup, Matt uh, projections are in Dayson's favor, but I predicted Gooch was going to be our riser probably close to almost two months ago. Now uh, he did mm-hmm. rise to the occasion and make the playoffs, uh, and I just. And I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with Gooch with the win. And because I like I like his team better. I like what you kind of tease with the options that he has at quarterback. You know, if he plays Mike White against the Chargers, you got to assume that, uh, you know, that's going to be somewhat somewhat of an offensive outpouring. Mike White's shown to be able to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a game. Detroit's defense <clears throat> is not – that good especially in the secondary so i like that pick but and like you said if you want to go with rogers on monday night maybe he does a maybe he has a vintage rogers night i just like i said i just i'm i'm with this gooch i'm with this gooch rise i'm with uh what he's currently kind of doing on that team i i you would hope divisional game sunday night barkley could you know have a nice resurgence of type i think he's been kind of maybe not as good of late let me let me double check that but yeah he's, you know the, his last four games 32 8 16 22 8 so we need to make sure that barkley goes off uh if that's what you know 
what is going to be a factor in the win here. Um, so Dayson is playing Ramondre. I thought he got hurt. Yeah, I think Ramondre didn't practice yesterday. I haven't seen any news from today's yet. I feel like he's on track to miss. I know he said he's optimistic he could play, but uh, I was going to mention that as like a big, big loss if he has to play um, Antonio Gibson. And not that Antonio Gibson's like that bad of a play, but Ramondre has been, um, you know, very good in a basically featured role with the Patriots. I know Damon Harris is like supposed to come back, but I think that's also up in the air. Um, so big question mark there for, for Dayson too. I think, and then like you said, the third receiver spot, if he continues with Deontay Johnson there, that's going to be good for Gooch because Deontay Johnson just, he's barely, he's only had four double digit games this year. Uh, Carolina is a good offense uh, Dayson doesn't listen to us, so Dayson, go ahead and keep Deontay Johnson in there. That would be good. Uh, I I think if Dayson does listen or does want to shake it up, he would play Richie James in that three. He would put Antonia Gibson in that flex. Uh, that's what I would do, and don't really see any other options for him there. Gooch has more options. He's a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, his, right now his question marks are: What running backs do I play? Uh, outside of Saquon, uh, but he's got A.J. Dillon Monday night against the Rams. The Rams have been beat up. They're not as good this year. A lot of their defense is out. So, you know, does he does he go big Packers? Does he play Rodgers, Watson, and Dillon and then hope for that they just route the Rams and score five touchdowns? Big Packers? Yeah. it's uh, So, yeah, there are some question marks here. I love the Patriots against the Raiders. Uh, they have been known to be a very high-scoring defense. They're the number two defense in the league. They just came off a 21-pointer. Uh, so, And the Raiders, even though have been better of late, Derek Carr throws picks. If they bottle up Josh Jacobs, it could turn into like a sack fest. So I like that defensive play there. But Broncos are also playing a, a Kyler Murray-less uh, uh, Cardinals. So do they stack the box? And who's their quarterback? Is it Colt McCoy or whoever it may be these days throwing the ball? So defense-wise, uh, good there. I'm just – let me see. What is the projection? Projection Gooch loses, but I'm saying Gooch wins. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Jamal Williams uh, doesn't run all over the Jets. I'm going to say that he doesn't get a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Devontae Adams is going to get bottled up by the Patriots. This is just all coming up. Gooch aces right now, and that's all I got to say. I'm going to agree with you. I think Gooch will win. I think those projections will change too once Ramondre is ruled out inevitably. That's my call. Um, you brought up the Patriots versus the Raiders. That got me thinking. There, there's been rumbles that Bill Belichick in the past will like spot guys from his coaching tree like a win, um, especially like if they're struggling a little bit or if just like, you know, it helps him by uh by virtue of like his guys succeeding um you know having better records i think one of the more recent examples was um the the lions with matt patricia as the head coach beat the patriots and it was like a, a stunner mm-hmm. a few years ago but will bill spot josh mcdaniel's a win here um i don't know probably not it's probably like way too conspiracy brain but that could be something weird to watch out for. It could be unexpected. I do 
well, in a vacuum, I would say the Patriots are probably going to win. But I'm saying that's that popped up in my mind of something that could happen. I Just love the conspiracy him. theory angle. I I would I would agree with you and try to jump on that one right now. I don't see it happening, but I love <laughs> that we've got a possible conspiracy theory angle here. And if we see the game going strange, then we could say, "Uh oh, here it goes." And then maybe Gooch doesn't get big, or maybe he does, and they still lose or what have you. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to affect the way the Patriots defense scores for Gooch because it could come down. It could be a weird game it could be whatever and then they went on like a last minute field goal and whatever have you but i love the i love the angle there should be more conspiracy theory angles going on all right we can work on that uh but look just a quick look ahead like we did on the other side of the bracket gooch with a win would then have to play eric next week and this one i think is a little more um i think we would more strongly lean towards the favorite in Eric there than we did, uh, you know, with Brandon and Wade, I think. Eric's going to be – Eric's happy, I should say, that he got the number one seed and has to play uh, the 4-5 winner rather than 3-6. Is that is that rude to say to Gooch and Dayson or is that just it, – It's, it's not because we – because it's not rude to say because Ernie has been an absolute monster now for two years. His team is extremely good. They rarely seem to falter. So going into next week, if Gooch advances, it is going to be the tallest of tasks to try to take down the only team in our league that seems to put up 200 a lot more, a lot more than he puts up 130. So it's, mm. it's, hard, to, it's hard to bet against that. All right, but again, like we said earlier, we got to get there first, but we'll see what happens between Gooch and Dayson. But good luck to all four teams. I hope you all tie, and then we have just a crazy, unprecedented playoffs. But uh, again, it will be fun to watch. It will be fun to monitor. Before we wrap up the week, Shneek, we've got to do America's favorite segment. Let's come and sneak at the Thursday night game wrong. Ah, uh, yes. Divisional matchup, pretty fun matchup, actually, I think. We've got Seahawks versus Niners tonight. Okay. It is, let me double check. It is in Seattle. So Seahawks have home field. And, uh, I mean, this one's tough. Yeah, you have any initial gut, gut feelings on it? My initial gut feelings are the Seahawks are going to win uh 27-22. Yeah, I kind of want to take the Seahawks at home as well. Uh Brock Purdy banged up, no Debo, like kind of the typical Niners thing, right? They're kind of dinged up at this point of the season. Seattle and Geno Smith have been surprisingly good. Kenneth Walker is apparently gonna play too. I don't think he's gonna be like great for fantasy, but like that's a good thing for the Seahawks. So I'll take them to win too. And I think for them to win, it'll have to be a little more low scoring. Let's say 23 to 17. That's a very normal score. I like it. That's normal-ish. I guess it happens all the time. So, yeah, it's fine, 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 fine. It's fine, 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 fine. 
But okay, so now that we've uh, jinxed the Seahawks, congratulations, Gooch, on a win and probably locking up the division. I think that's the math. I don't know. But um, yeah, we'll see how this week one of the playoffs goes. Thanks for listening and for your patience on the late one today, folks. Anything else, Sneak, as we wrap up? That's all I got. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. Enjoy round one of the fantasy football playoffs. We are always here to let you know what's going on and how to live. So we love you. And that's it for me. Bye. Just freaking throw it in there. Just throw it up immediately. All right. Why not? We never do it. I'll just put the musics in. Just the the musics. All right. And I'm leaving this as the end credits. So when you guys hear this part, you'll know why there was like clunks and ums. And we messed up parts. But whatevs. Yeah, we clink and clunk. That's all we do is clink and clunk.